0: All right. So now we're gearing up for our full day retreat. We just finished step one, the listening process. And now we're gearing up for step two, defining the problem and step three, ideating. So Elle, what can you tell us about the full day retreat?
1: Okay. So now we're going to move into a full day retreat. And the reason we decided to do this is because exercising This creative muscle that you've been working on and learning to think divergently and make connections you haven't made before, it can be pretty exhausting. It can also take a little bit of time to ramp up and ramp down. And so it's good to have at least a three or four hour session for each session. So at least three to four hours for the defining the problem and at least three to four hours for ideation session. And it's really up to you. You can get together with your leadership team, the expert listener, your creative facilitator, and make the decision about your community if you should do it all in a one full day retreat with a meal break in the middle, or if you should do two half day retreats. We just recommend not doing them too far apart and probably not splitting them up into like six one hour retreats because it's you'll waste a lot of time trying to get back into the headspace. So with that being said, we just want to start off by talking about the most important preparation that you're going to do for this, other than having ample sticky notes present. And that is how to decide who's going to be there. So I want to talk about a little bit about this example that I read in this wonderful book by Matthew Syed called Rebel Ideas. It's referenced at the end of this in the reference. I highly recommend Every church in the Pacific Northwest leadership read this book. It talks a lot about cognitive diversity and why it's really, really important to have not just the different types of diversity that you might be seeking in your church, but also different ways of thinking in your church and why that's really, really important. And so one of the things that he talks about in this book is how to define a problem and how you can misidentify the problem simply because you don't have enough perspectives existing in the room. So kind of what that means is if everyone, he he calls it collective blindness. And it's this idea that we all have similar backgrounds. We've all been in this community together. We're thinking about it similarly. And so when we come up with the solution, we're looking at a problem that we've come up together and that we might be using collective blindness, which means we're all collectively not seeing it from a full perspective. And so he gives this really great example. And I'm going to read a direct quote and then explain it a little bit to you. It's from page 47 of the book. And he's talking about a small town in Sweden. So in a small town in Sweden, researchers discovered that male and female driving patterns were markedly different. While men mainly commuted to and from work, women drove all over to run errands and to take care of elderly family members. They were also walked more, trudging across often unplowed intersections, sometimes with kids in tow. The town's approach to snow plowing appeared logical and neutral enough on the surface, major roads first, then sidewalks. However, only by collecting and analyzing data did it become clear that men were the ones being designed around, which isn't an isolated problem. Males are often the default subjects of design, which can have a huge impact on big and critical aspects of everyday life. And so in this example, he talks a little bit more in the book about how they were trying to make decisions around, you know, simple enough problem. How do we snowplow? And they realized that because they were prioritizing men and men were commuting and they weren't prioritizing women, that actually women were falling, getting hurt. There were a lot of broken bones, accidents. And so when they made that, when they looked around, they realized that the people that were creating the policy in the room were all men and they were the ones, most of them were making the decision. So they started inviting women into the room and asking them, hey, what routes do you take? How do you get to do your errands or take your kids to school? And so they made one switch of, with that information, hey, let's prioritize the sidewalks, let's clear them first. And I think, I don't know the exact quote, so I'll leave you in a cliffhanger and encourage you to read the book, but they decreased, they found a bunch of extra money in the town because people, their hospital bills lowered and insurance prices lowered. And so just by making that one switch of clearing sidewalks over the roads first, people in the town were a lot safer, they saved money in their town budget. And they would never have known that that was even a problem because they didn't have enough voices represented in the room. What do you think about that, Connor?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. And it's such a great visualization of making sure you have everyone you need at the table in order to hear the f- breadth of the problem and to make sure that you know some of the problems that you may not know unless those voices are at the table are there.
1: Right. So when you're deciding who is going to be at your retreat, really keep in mind this idea of cognitive diversity. You want to find people that think really, really differently and also that represent different perspectives. So not only are you inviting people that are key stakeholders, your pastors, everyone that's involved in making a decision, because how will you make a decision if not everyone's there to represent? But also think a little bit outside the box. What other voices would be really helpful to have here when we start defining what our problem is and how we're doing solutions?
0: Yeah, so Elle, do you have a recommendation on how many people should be invited to the full day retreat?
1: Actually, I think this recommendation comes from you. I learned this fact from you, so I'm gonna let you tell it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was a part of the listening process and we said that if you wanna make sure everybody is listened to in an equal amount, six to 12 people is usually a good number. However, for this particular process, because there might be so many stakeholders, it might be good to have small group sessions or some sort of breaking up of the group so that people are in groups of six to 12. However, we want you to be able to have anybody and everybody that might be useful in this process to be present.
1: And it would be helpful if people at least understood um, a little bit about the design thinking process. So whether you send out information to them ahead of time or you meet, we're gonna, you can talk a little bit and kind of review the process in the beginning because you really want everyone present at the retreat to be on board with this process, even if they don't fully understand it, that at least they're excited to learn something new. And then one thing I wanna touch on really fast, this is gonna be again, we've said this before, but it's gonna be facilitated and led by the expert creative facilitator, but the expert listener should be there because they really have become a wealth of holding the knowledge and the data they've been collecting. We talk a little about this in the guide, but I just want to address this idea of power and decision-making really quick. A lot of times when we say, okay, who's making the decisions at the church? How do we move forward? We can easily list, these are the people that do it. But dig a little deeper and figure out who's actually making these decisions. You know, I'm going to share a little bit about something that my mom always told me when I was growing up. and I have complicated feelings about this example, but she would talk about how in a relationship, You might have someone who's the head, but then you might have someone who's the neck and the neck is the one turning the head. And everyone thinks the head is making the decisions. In fact, the neck is designed to make the head think they're making the decisions, but the neck's really in control. And so despite of what you think of that, what I really want you to look is at your leadership, how decisions and how power is handled in your church, because you really want everyone on board. Who is the person that really has a lot of influence on how your church moves forward? but is not necessarily the leader in that position making that decision. Alternatively, who is that person that is really disagreeable and argues with everything and you kind of don't want them to be there? You need them there because they are creating, and and, and the expert facilitator really lean on them on how to manage these different personalities, but you really need someone there that is bringing in opposite ideas. Their ideas might not be helpful, but they might spark something that is helpful. Again, if everybody's coming from the same perspective, if everyone agrees together, you're going to create collective blindness and that's not going to help you move forward.
0: Yeah, so to recap, the people we want to make sure are at this retreat are your leadership team, your pastor, your expert creative facilitator, the expert listener, the people who really make the decisions in your congregation, the really disagreeable person in your congregation, And then any voice you want to make sure is present in this process you want to have at the table.
1: When you're inviting someone that you really want a perspective, maybe they're not really represented in your community, at least make sure they have some kind of stake in this, that they really do care. Like maybe they're not a part of your congregation, but they're a part of your town. And they really do care about the solutions that you're creating because it will impact the town as well. So you don't want to just have someone and like, hey, we'd love to have your opinion, but like, hey, we would love for you to hear your voice because we know you care just as much about this town as we do. So have fun.